There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. So Liz Gleeson, you're a psychotherapist who specialises in the field of loss and you're here today to talk to us about prolonged grief disorder. Now, we know that grief affects everybody differently, but what exactly is prolonged grief disorder and how does it affect a person? Yeah, and I think it's really important, Fiona, to put it into context here and um there's so much contention about prolonged grief disorder or, you know, even putting the word disorder and grief in the same sentence together. Um, so just before I, I launch into prolonged grief disorder, I think it's really important just to put a bit of context on grief, essentially. Grief is a normal adaptive response to loss. You know, if we lose something through death or the break a breakup of a relationship or the end of a friendship, it's really normal to grieve. You know, grief is a normal adaptive response to loss. And when we have a loss, you know, a bereavement, for example, most of us, you know, will experience that profound sense of grief in the early days, weeks, months, even years. Um, But bit by bit, we will integrate our grief. We don't get over grief. We don't move on from it. We don't let go of people we've loved in the past we get used to it. It's like we're given this backpack and we're told, here's your grief, now learn to carry it. And, you know, in the early days, it can be really difficult. But as we grow, we grow around our grief, if you like, or we we learn to accommodate it, we learn to carry it. Um, we still have it. So, you know, just because somebody still gets upset three years down the line, mm. six years down the line, it doesn't mean they've got prolonged grief disorder. You know, grief is something that stays with us. Um, But we learn to manage it better, if that makes sense. We learn to accommodate it. We integrate it. So it's like when people say, you know, time is a great healer, but, you know, it heals it in a way that, okay, you can, as you say, you can still live with it and you can still get on with your life. But I don't know if it's ever healed as such. You've still got that loss there in the back of your mind all the time. Exactly. It's, you know, if you want to use the analogy of a wound, you know, when we experience a fresh loss and for everybody, it's different. For some loss is just a scratch, you know, you know, um, you can experience a bereavement, but you're okay with it. You can integrate it quite quickly. And to use the wound analogy, it is just a scratch for somebody else, depending on the type of loss or if it was expected, it can be a gaping wound, you know, that can take a long time to start to knit together a long time to learn to live with. 
Um, and, and that does not necessarily mean that they have prolonged grief disorder. When we look at what's going on, why this is still hurting, why this is taking longer to integrate, usually there's really good reasons, you know, and with the right support and help, you know, people can, can move forward with that loss. So what we know from statistics, um, this is the work of the Irish Hospice Foundation, they've developed a bereavement pyramid. And we know from research that everybody, so 100% of people who are bereaved or going through a significant loss, everybody needs acknowledgement of their loss, they need support, they need community, and they need information. You know, so here's what's normal, here's what you can expect, um, they need, you know, what what you discussed before we went live about getting meals, having mm. friends around, being able to talk about what happened. That all helps us to process and integrate our loss. And we all need that. And most people will be OK. When I say OK, they will integrate their loss and process their loss um, over time as they move forward with just that sort of community support and, and I can't underestimate enough the importance of that. But some people will need more. Some people, for example, who've had a shocking loss or a sudden loss or an unexpected loss, or if a child dies or if it's out of the order of things or if there's been violence, um, some people, and not everybody, may need extra help. And we know that's about 30% of people. So they might need a voluntary group that supports people who've all been bereaved by suicide, for example, mm. or who've all lost a child or um, who've experienced a miscarriage or a stillbirth. For example, people will tend to want to go and meet other people who've had similar losses. 30% is a quite, it's quite a high number, actually, isn't it? It's actually a really substantial um, amount of people. When you think in Ireland every year around 29,000 people die, which means around 290,000 people are bereaved and you take 30% of that, you know, it's, it's a sizable chunk. And yeah. do you think that that number has increased because of the pandemic? Because you were talking there about the community support and the support from friends and loved ones and family and those around you but a lot of the time over the last two years people didn't have those supports available to them. Yeah yeah really good point so you know if we go 60% will be okay with that community support 30% might need a volunteer organization which maybe they haven't been able to access because of the pandemic um, or they accessed it online and then 10% in normal times will go on to need extra help for what we term prolonged grief disorder. And this is where grief really doesn't integrate. That wound is still gaping, oozing, really painful, that emotional wound, if you like, five years down the line, two years down the line, four years down the line. Like there's no part of it that's beginning to heal or beginning to be integrated it's so it's not, they died last week. it's not for, like for somebody, it's not, okay, we, we all have moments where we get sad two or three years down the line or five years down the line, there may be an occasion or it could be a song that'll set us off. But are you talking about somebody who is just not able to, to cope? They're not able to function on a day-to-day -day level. They're not able to put themselves into their work or they're not able to go out and meet people and they're sitting around all day still staring at the wall or crying or whatever it is. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's really important that listeners differentiate. Hmm. Just because someone cries uh, five years down the line because it's their loved one's birthday or it's Christmas, that is, that's normal. <laughs> As we say, we know that grief endures and it just becomes integrated in our life, but it will still pop its head up in obvious or not so obvious ways around anniversaries or maybe you're buying pot noodle and your loved one loved pot noodle and it sets you off in Tesco four years down the line. Mm. That's okay. Like I really, really want to stress we don't pathologize that at all. That's very normal Um, uh, in an integrated grief. You know, what we're talking about is those early days after loss where you can't go to work you can't sleep maybe um all you think about is them you're yearning for them it's so difficult to accept this reality that the world is so different usually in time and with the right supports the volume of that response starts to go down as we integrate our grief but with prolonged grief disorder the volume doesn't go down it's as if their loved one died the week before in terms of the depth of upset, the inability to get on with life, maybe to go back to work, to see friends. It's life, life is unrecognizable. And in my experience, this isn't about going out and going, do you prolong grief or do you not? In my experience, mm. people come to me going, help. It's been eight years. It's been five years is there anything else for me? You know, I don't want, you know, I can't get on my life. I'm sitting at the sofa. My marriage is destroyed because of this. I feel so guilty because I feel like I've abandoned my other children. Some people could be retching, you know, it's, it's really physical. They could be vomiting on a regular basis, unable to keep down food. You know, some of these, um, really intense symptoms that sometimes we can expect in fresh grief or acute grief shortly after a loss endure. They endure long term. And that's not normal. You know, that's not, it's, I'm not saying it's abnormal. Usually there's really good reasons why someone can find themselves in this situation. But I suppose I say it in the context of if you're still acutely suffering like this years after a loss, there is help. And of course, like grief affects everybody differently. So would there be a reason why somebody might not be able to move on five or six years down the line? Is it because of the type of death that, you know, that their loved one experienced or is it um, something within themselves or, you know, I mean, I don't really want to be putting blame on somebody, but like, is there a reason why somebody may, you know, like, I might be still really, really upset about somebody eight years down the line, but my sister might have moved on and she's gone to work and, and whatever. Is there a reason why it might affect people differently? Yeah, really, really good question. And there's loads of different factors. And again, this isn't, it's nobody's fault. Nobody mm. chooses this, you know, but also some of the messaging out there in society, you know, it can be quite damaging. And it's really important that anyone who suffered a, an extreme loss knows there is hope. There is hope that this will become bearable. This will become, you will be able to integrate it. You can experience joy again, despite having experienced a profound loss. That's really, really important. Um, Why does one person experience prolonged grief and another one doesn't? A myriad of reasons. Like what was their mental health like before the loss? 
Mm. Um, and, and just when we say move on, we don't move on. We, we tend to move forward with. We don't move on from someone we love. We move forward with them. And we learn how to have a relationship with them um, without their physical presence. It's called continuing a bond. So some people manage to do that um, and others don't. Others just really want their loved ones back. And many people that I see who are looking for prolonged grief therapy, um, they, they say, unless you can bring them back, nothing can help me. You know, but usually it's there's a couple of reasons. Um, the loss has been out of the order of things. It's out of the natural life cycle. So we might often see it when a child has died. Um, usually it, it, it can be more common in women than in men. If there's been mental health struggles before the loss, um, of course, a profound loss is probably going to exacerbate that. Um, sometimes it's if the relationship wasn't good, actually. Like sometimes if we have a really good loving relationship with someone and they die suddenly or, or, or anticipated, we can process it a little easier because we don't have regrets and mm. we know we love them and they knew that. And, and so sometimes it can be when there's um, acrimony in the relationship. But usually the things we hear are, um, I can't believe they're gone. I can't believe they're gone. And this might be four years later. So on one level, their brain knows my, my loved one is dead. But on another level, we just haven't accepted that reality. So we also hear a lot of, if only I'd phoned him that day. If yeah. only I didn't let him go to England. If only I had worn my jeans instead of my tracksuit, things might have been different. So we, it's like, you know, we're, we're still trying to bargain, if you like, that if I'd done something differently, there would have been a different outcome. They're the things we hear. We hear that yearning for them is still really strong. I just want them back. I just want them to be here. Somehow, we know they're dead, but we haven't fully accepted that. And I don't mean we're okay with the fact they're dead. We mm. rarely are when it's someone has died prematurely. But we do accept it's real, that they're gone. Yeah, because even like when my mom died last year and uh, it was very, very sudden. And I said to my husband at the time, because my parents were supposed to come down to us for New Year's Eve. And um, I was saying like, if we didn't have the lockdown, they would have been down with us and this wouldn't have happened. And he said, but you can't say that. Like she could have been down in our house and it still would have happened or we could have been up there and it would have happened. He was like, you know, you can't think like that because you never get past it. Well, you know what, Fiona, like that's a really good example. And that's totally normal. Like we would all go through that if mm. only or what if or should we have tried different medications or, you know, a degree of that is absolutely normal. It's but, you know, you're here talking to me. You're back at work. Mm. <laughs> you're married to your husband. Yeah. You know, you're eating, you're drinking, you're you're laughing here with me. Like, you know, you're still clearly grieving your mom and it's you know, it's still a profound experience because it's only been a year and a half, mm. but you're functioning. And the difference with someone with prolonged grief disorder would be they still haven't got back to work. They don't know if they ever can. They're still asking a year and a half later, would she still be alive if she'd come to me that Christmas? You know, they're mm. not able to access any part of themselves anymore that they used to be able to before the loss, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and like even, 
you know, like after my mom died, I had friends to talk to. I had friends who had gone through something similar and, you know, they were able to talk to talk me through it and I was quite comfortable talking to them about it. But there are plenty of people out there who maybe don't know someone who's gone through the same thing or who don't feel comfortable about talking to somebody they know about what is going through their head at that point in time and they may not want to, to burden other people with their problems. So is it like, w- would you advise those people to maybe seek a, a grief counsellor or, as you said, a, a charity organisation that might be able to help? Like in an ideal world, we will all have a circle of friends who mm. can listen to us. And you would know this. And, you know, as you know, my own father died last year as well. We all need to be able, especially when we're not expecting it, like I was expecting my dad's death, mm. you know, so it's a very different experience that we both had at the same time last year. And um, because I expected it, it was anticipated. I was there. There was so much I was able to do as psychological buffering for myself because I knew it was coming as opposed to your experience of it being so sudden and mm. shocking and what that does to your nervous system. Um But in an ideal world, you know, you probably would need to tell that story over and over again to try and make sense of it. Um, I didn't need to do that so much because I made sense of it as I went along because dad's death was anticipated. But we need to be those friends who sit and listen to it over and over again. We need to be the friends who don't try to fix it, don't give advice, don't try to make it better. You know, the friends who who just sit there and listen and accompany. Like grief needs to be accompanied. It doesn't need to be fixed. It's part of life. It's normal. It's natural. And we all need accompaniment for these times in our lives. Sadly, not all of us have access to people who will accompany us in our grief. And mm. um, it tends to be the people who know grief because they've had a similar loss. So what we find in these situations is sometimes our closest friends are useless and they disappear and people we really didn't expect like Mary down the road yeah. suddenly become our closest confidant because Mary down the road gets it. She's been through it and she's probably going to give you what she needed and didn't get, you know, so we, we need to watch out for that. Um, but if there isn't someone there, We all do need support and it's unfortunate and sad if we have to pay for it, but it's a really good option if that, you know, if that's all we have, we all do need to process our grief. And if our friends aren't available, um, then, yeah, absolutely. A grief informed therapist is really important. Again, unfortunately, it's not just our regular friends who aren't grief aware or grief literate, but often a lot of counsellors and psychotherapists aren't either. So if anybody does go looking for counselling or psychotherapy, do make sure that whoever you're going to has done some sort of training in the area. Like there are no such thing as stages of grief, Mm. you know. Um, And unfortunately, many psychotherapists and counsellors are still working with that model um, because we just don't have standards in Ireland and bereavement standards. And it's something that I'm trying to change through my programme, Shapes of Grief, It's an education program trying to get people who are supporting the bereaved to be trained in the basics of how to do that. And can people get your Shapes of Grief program online? I know you have a podcast as well that people might find very helpful. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, going back to the Irish Hospice Foundation pyramid, where 100% of bereaved people just need acknowledgement of their loss, they need it validated, normalized. The podcast Shapes of Grief is a brilliant way of of, uh, uh, getting that level one support, because, you know, you can listen to other people's stories and you can go, okay, this is normal. She felt that too, or he felt that too. Um, So that's a really good way for people to get level one support. And then level two support that, you know, smaller percent of people, um, either if you're a professional working with people who are grieving, you can do the course to learn how to support people better. But also if you're someone who's grieving and you're just interested in learning more about the process, it's very accessible. Like I know me in my life when I'm going through some sort of a difficult time, one of the ways that I address that is by learning about, well, what am I going through? Is there, are there labels for this? Is there a narrative for this? Who else knows about this? And I might, you know, listen to podcasts or do a training course in a specific area. Um, because when I can understand what I'm going through, it empowers me. It normalizes it. So for anyone who is grieving and feels they would like to understand the process, you know, it is an accessible course for regular people, not just professionals. It's an information program, grief information. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us on the Opinion Line, Liz. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there listening this morning who will find this very beneficial. I hope so. And, and just to reiterate, Fiona, you know, grief goes on a long time and it goes on forever for many people. You know, the little bit you've shared with me about your mom, you're going to miss her forever Mm. probably but it doesn't mean your grief will be crippling forever it's when it becomes really crippling that we know that there's the more support is needed and and there is hope for you your grief does not have to be on top of you for the rest of your life you can emerge from it and breathe again Um, and that's a message of hope that i really want people to hear courts 96 fm Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.